Hey everyone, Christy McClellan here, and I want to invite you to a brand new event from Lifeway Women called Feast. At this event, you'll be invited to feast on God's Word by studying the Bible in its historical, cultural context. We're going to get to know the Bible in its world, in its native habitat, text, and context. You'll experience teaching, worship led by my 25-year friend, Laura Cooksey, and fellowship with other women around the world. Come and learn with me that the living God is better than we ever knew. Visit LifeWay.com slash Feast to learn more. This is the Marked Podcast from LifeWay Women. We're your hosts, Mary Margaret West and Elizabeth Heineman. Each episode, we'll talk about what God's doing, how He has and is marking each of us. Sometimes that will be through interviews, and sometimes we'll have conversations around the table. We are so glad you've joined us today. Welcome to another episode of the Mart Podcast. We are so glad that you've joined us. Hello. Um, Elizabeth and I actually got to go to um, Lifeway Women Live this summer and um, and spend the weekend there with a ton of y'all who came. Um, yes. and, and one of the fun things is that we got to record live episodes on the podcast. It was so much fun. Yes. And so we were on the concourse and got to just interview a bunch of our platform speakers who included Bible study authors, some mm-hmm. of our ministry partners, and just a bunch of people that we love a ton and people that we were just excited to get to know a little bit better. Yes, it was so great to talk to all of them, and it was great to see some of y'all in in the live studio audience, I I guess you could say. Um, So just know that this audio will be a little bit different because it was recorded live, and so we have just some buzz of the room and some crowd noises, so... It will be a little bit different. You may have to adjust your volume button a tad, but we just wanted y'all to be able to experience it like we did. Yes. And so every single um, person that we talked to, we asked the same three questions. And Mm -hmm. so you'll hear those throughout these bonus episodes, Uh, but hope that you enjoy just kind of a deeper look into into their lives and kind of where they are uh, ministry wise. And, um, And we hope that you enjoy these episodes. We are so glad that y'all have joined us for another episode of the Marked Podcast. We are broadcasting live. We're not broadcasting, but we're live right now um, (laughs) while we're recording this at Lifeway Women Live in Orlando. Yes, we're on the concourse, which sounds much cooler than it is. Yes, but But it's it's not just us in a studio today. (laughs) Right. So So many fun people are here. We've got like a... There we go. I love it. And we have a special guest, Lisa Turkhurst, with us this morning. And um, Lisa, welcome to Mart. We're Thank so glad you. You're here. It's such an honor to be here. And why are you guys here so early? This is amazing. <laughs> They're here for the full that experience. That is really kind. Thank you. <laughs> I love it. Well, we just have a few questions that we're going to ask that are kind of based on the theme of this weekend, the Court of Three Strands from Ecclesiastes. So the first one we want to ask is about your relationship with Christ. So how has your relationship with Christ provided a sure foundation in your life and in your everyday now? Like, how does it affect that? Well, in terms of relationships, Mm -hmm. well, my relationship with Christ is so crucial because I have the curse of the comeback. I don't know if any of you guys have that, um, but it's where without the Holy Spirit, 
um, reigning really strong in me and reigning me in really mm -hmm. strongly. Um, I don't know that my words would be as wise or kind or able to consider the other person. And right. so my relationship with the Lord affects me in tremendously wonderful ways, always. But I do feel like because of how I've watched him in moments where I've been deeply hurt or deeply wounded, um, you know, our deep emotions are a great spiritual mirror. And when we're feeling good and everybody's treating us good, it's a lot easier to act like we've spent a little time with Jesus. But when we're deeply wounded, deeply hurt, and in situations that are pressing in on every side, I'm more convinced than ever of the miraculous workings of God inside of me when I'm able to give a gentle answer instead of returning wrath. And I don't always do it perfectly at all, but... I have seen so much transformation just in that one part of my life. Yeah. Yeah. That makes such that. a huge difference. Mm -hmm. And I think we all, like we've all felt that tension yeah. of, of what it's like to be walking in the spirit and being in tune with the Lord and to be walking in the flesh and to not, like for those answers to not be a, a real picture of, of Christ and who he is and what he's done in our lives. And mm -hmm. it makes, makes a huge difference. And I'm utterly convinced that when we give gentle answers in the midst of someone being harsh or hard or um, really emotional toward us, I really feel like that that is one of the best sermons we could ever preach with our life because it's so rare in a world so full of opinions and so full of permission to freely share our opinions in whatever way we want. People are all the time asking me what my opinion is about this or that or the other. And I simply just say, I don't know why my opinion matters when the word of God is quite clear. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, but I want to draw you in with grace so that we can have a conversation. But I realize it's not grace that will set someone free. It's the truth that will set them free. But yeah. being able to speak the truth in love, even when we have strong convictions about the scripture, I think when we are gentle and kind and loving, but confident in the truth, I think it splits this world wide open and people take note of that. And it becomes more and more evident that the inner workings of God are real and that the salvation and the transformation possible because of Jesus yeah. is, um, is not only real, but it is miraculously evident in a woman's life who otherwise would be quite chaotic. Mm. Yeah. So good. I love that. I used to have a professor in seminary that would talk about how whatever our foundation was, so he was like, it's, think of it as like this cup. And this cup is filled with water. When it gets bumped, what's going to come out? And it would be water. So if we're filled, if we have that foundation yeah. of Christ, and that's kind of an elementary illustration that I've heard lots of times, but like the way that he said it like that, when you get bumped, what's coming out? And if, if you're filled up and you have that sure foundation of Christ, when, when things come your way that are a little more challenging, that's what's going to come out. And that's what people will see and will give them such hope and, and uh, love for Christ, really, because they're yeah. seeing that in you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So good. Well, this weekend we're talking a lot about togetherness and about community and about um, just being there for each other as women. And so tell us about our relationship with others, um, you know, maybe outside of, you know, like some of those like more personal friendship relationships um, that has really marked your walk with Christ. Well, I would say 
probably no other relationship in my life has marked my walk with Christ than my marriage. Yeah. And I think probably a lot of you are familiar with some of the hardships that I faced in my marriage. Not just hardships. That's kind of a vanilla word for what we've been through. Um, it's been devastating. And I know that a lot of women are walking through really, really hard situations in their marriage, too. And so I think I've never needed the Lord more in my entire life than the past three and a half years. But I've also never seen evidence of the miracle of God more than in the past three years. And I don't really mean evidence because God restored my marriage. That is amazing and that's beautiful and that's wonderful. But I believe that even for people who have gone through very crushing situations in their marriage where restoration doesn't happen, Mm -hmm. redemption can happen. So part of the biggest miracle is not just the fact that my husband and I got back together. That in and of itself is miraculous. But I've seen God work in me in ways that I needed to be worked on. And Mm. I've seen God work in my husband in ways that are so astounding, I cannot even put it to words sometimes. I'll share in my message this morning a very, very profound verse for me. It comes from Ephesians chapter 4, and it's, Do not let the sun go down on your anger. But I think sometimes we like to take that verse and weaponize it um, to make Mm. somebody else finish a conversation with us because the sun is going down, right? And it's almost like, well, you know, to be godly, we've got to settle this right now. But what do you do when your anger is boiling, the sun is dropping, and this other person's not willing to continue the conversation? That makes that verse very complicated. But if we look at it very carefully, it says, in your anger, do Mm. not sin. Do not let the sun go down on your anger. So the verse is much less about resolving relational issues yeah. and much more about letting the Lord deal with the anger that is inside of us. And um, so the way that I've seen God work in me and humble me and make me so aware of issues that I needed to work on in my heart has been completely miraculous, but it's in the context of a very difficult relationship that now is beautiful, but was the hardest thing I've ever walked through. Mm -hmm. And I remember I got married about a year and a half ago in our premarital counseling. um, They said, they're like, you can go to bed with still with issues on the table that you're going to resolve to come back to. But like, it's up to you, like your attitude towards it when you're going to bed. And I also learned to my husband while we were dating or my boyfriend, then while we were dating, he, um, after 9 p.m. would not have a serious conversation. He's like, I'm too tired. Like, I can't. <laughs> and so I've just learned, like, after 9 p.m., I can't ask hard questions. And so there's just a natural boundary there. But I, I have that rule, too. Yeah. Because this is very bad theology, what I'm about to say. But it is good practicality. That the, I feel sometimes like the Holy Spirit leaves my body after 9 p.m. And so <laughs> it will return. Yes. But um, I have just said to all people that I know and love, um, after 9 p.m., enter at your own risk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I yes. feel that. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and it might even be biblical because the sun has gone down by 9 p.m. Oh, yeah. uh-huh. Right? Unless you're like in Alaska uh-huh. in the summer. It's like how, you're true. how your yeah. parents used to say nothing good happens after midnight. Well, like, yeah. I think... Like, that's true as a teenager. Now it's 9 p.m. Yeah. So, for all of us. It maybe just adults. keeps moving up. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just gets earlier. Okay. Well, the last question is more about, like, our culture at large. 
So how do you take your faith out into the culture today? And then what would you say to the women that are experiencing this weekend? Um, what advice would you have as they go out into the world after tonight? I think sometimes when we attempt to have conversations in the culture um, about our faith, just like Christine was saying last night, it can feel um, hard, right? Mm -hmm. Because it can easily feel like if we're standing strong in our faith that we're being um, antagonistic to people who don't share our same beliefs. And so it gets to be this very complicated dynamic because we want to be relationally kind, but we want to be firm and, and solid standing on truth. So one of the very best phrases that I've come up with where we can be conversational about our faith rather than confrontational about what we believe is a phrase called consider this. And um, at our ministry, we are actually working on a publication where we are going to, it's really going to be for anyone who wants to be able to talk from a solid theological standpoint about some of the culturally relevant issues, but maybe you haven't had access to some of those deeper theological um, underpinnings. And so we're going to make that available, but the publication is called Consider This. Because I think as you're talking to someone who doesn't share your same beliefs, if you come at them with this is where you are wrong, the conversation just from a human dynamic is not going to go well. But if you just simply say, hey, would you be willing to consider some things? Mm -hmm. It's not our job to change people. It's our job to be a light and and to be a witness, you know. It's God's job and the Holy Spirit's job to change people. But as we present the truth and as the truth goes out, the truth not only will set people free, but the truth has the ability to penetrate the deep workings inside of them. Because if God hand designed their soul, and I know he did, he also put a space, even in the most antagonistic person, he made a space for their soul to quicken at the mention of truth. Mm -hmm. So all we have to do is present it in a way that they can hear it and then let God and the Holy Spirit and the power of his word do the rest. I love that. We were just talking um, at Lifeway the other day about the confrontational versus the conversational way of sharing our hope, you know, Mm -hmm. and just how a lot of times we think of evangelism as the very, and even though it's called confrontational, that's not necessarily like we're getting in an argument, but just kind of like, I'm going to stand on a street corner and just confront you with what's Mm -hmm. happening. Um, but how, how most of us are gifted in conversational evangelism, like that's the great commission, but only a very few of us are actually gifted in confrontational evangelism. Mm -hmm. And so it's just such a cool thing to say, see that happening. And I feel that these conversations are happening more and more around, um, sharing the hope that we have in Christ. I agree. And, and the Bible is so clear, you know, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope inside of you. And a lot of times people ask me, Lisa, how can you be so transparent about what you and your husband have walked through? Well, Art and I both know that we can, we can have opportunities to talk to people about our story because they come to us because they're curious or they come to us because they themselves are having really hard marriage issues. But Art and I are both very, very committed to lay aside whatever fear we have in sharing our story or whatever... Um, hardship it creates in us sharing our story but 
but to be open about the reason that we have hope and to be able to share the good news of the gospel within the context of what a lot of people are walking through. Mm -hmm. You know, people are never more eager to meet your Jesus until they meet the reality of what Jesus has done in your life. And they can argue theological points, but they cannot argue what God has worked inside of you. And when they see it and they experience it, they walk away changed. And that is powerful. So good. All right, one last thing before we go. Give us a little snippet about your brand new Bible study that's coming out. We want to hear just a a little tidbit. Okay, well, first of all, I think Elizabeth can tell you (laughs) this has been the hardest project I've ever worked on in my entire life. It's been hard for me, too. There's a reason that there aren't very many Bible studies on First and Second Kings, (laughs) right? There is. Yeah. Bless. But Elizabeth has been amazing. She's been so patient and has really helped us a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but the study is called Trustworthy. And the main point that I want people to wrestle through is all of us have areas in our life where we are resistant to trusting God. So this study, in the safety of my own admission, of my own struggles... I think it will allow you to bring to the surface and identify um, and, and become more aware of those places where we say we trust God, but a lot of times in the practicalities of life, we don't live it out. Mm. And so I think this will provide a safe place for those mm. to be talked about within a Bible study. Mm. It is deep and it is rich. And it is going to require brain power for sure, but it is probably one of the most profound projects I've ever worked on. So I don't know. It's really good, (laughs) y'all. Like we've been reading it lots of times in the office and we've had several people read it and several people have said, this is so good. And I'm so glad there is a study on first and second Kings because it's, it's a blind spot. I feel like for a lot of us, because yeah. it's just like a lot of names. There's a lot of kingdoms. There's like all this kind of stuff. And you're just like, where is so-and-so wait, Judah's over here. I don't understand. So I think it's going to be very helpful with just like the practicality of like Bible, biblical literacy, but then also like, it's just so profound, like where you see these Kings make mistakes and you can kind of say like, oh, I do this too. Let me figure out a way to trust in the only one who is trustworthy, mm-hmm. our God. And so. I will say one of the most powerful things that I learned from the Bible study mm-hmm. is what is a high place. Yeah. So many times in First and Second Kings, it's, um, it comes down to whether the kings were willing to tear down the high places or not. So this seems to be a very big deal. It's just I never properly understood. I knew vaguely what a high place was as it referenced in Scripture, but I never laid eyes on it. But the, the Bible study that we did, we filmed it over in yeah. Israel, and we went to a place called Tel Dan where Jehoshaphat, um, not Jehoshaphat, uh, Jeroboam, Jeroboam has had built a high place in Tel Dan and it exists to this day. So we were able to film what it is. But what a high place really is, is a platform, Mm. a stage or a pulpit. So any of you who are on social media, you have a platform. And if you use it to glorify God, it becomes sacred. But when we use our platforms in ways that do not glorify God, that then is the high place that must be torn down in our lives. Mm-hmm. 
Awesome. Yeah. Well, we are really looking forward um, to diving into Trustworthy later this year. We will link to that in the show notes. But Lisa, thank you for being our thank guest you. this morning. You're so welcome. Yes, we're so, so glad welcome. to have you. Thank you, guys. Thank y'all. All right. If you enjoyed our conversation with Lisa today, um, we really think that you're going to enjoy her brand new Bible study that just came out called Trustworthy. It's a study of some of the kings in First and Second Kings. Yeah, and it's um, all about overcoming our greatest struggles to trust God. So Lisa kind of traces the different different kings in the Old Testament and how their failing was always not trusting God, and so they put their the Israelite people put their trust in these kings, these earthly men that are sinful, just like we all are, and so. Um, it's just kind of a call to learn from their mistakes yeah. and also learn from their like uh, successes where mm-hmm. they where they did trust God and where they did do a great job of that and led their people to trust him as well. And so we think you'll really love this study from Lisa. The videos are filmed in Israel, so you get to see like some mm. of the places where the kings actually walked and, yeah. and were. And so that's just always a fun part of her Bible study. So we hope you'll enjoy it. Thanks so much for listening. If you want to join in the conversation, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Mary Margaret C and at ED Heinemann. Use the hashtag Marked Podcast to connect with us. You can also find Lifeway Women on all social media channels at Lifeway Women. All of today's show notes will be posted at lifewaywomen.com forward slash podcast. If you love the show, leave an iTunes review. It's a great way for other people to hear about the show. We'll see you next time. Home should be a place where we feel at peace, where we can be ourselves, where we feel loved. For a lot of us, though, home is a place of heartache, hurt, and loneliness. As believers, Christ promises us an eternal home. But what does that actually look like? And how do we deal with our current homesickness? I recently wrote a Bible study called Come Home for Women, and I'm so excited that Come Home will also be available for teen girls. It's perfect for small groups, helps girls answer important questions, and gives us a richer understanding of what kind of home God's building for us. The release date for Come Home for teen girls is August 1st, but you can pre-order it now at lifeway.com slash come home. Don't miss out on this opportunity to help girls belong and be loved. Again, you can pre-order it today at lifeway.com slash come home.